everyone, and welcome to my miraculous return to the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. This is episode 67, and if you're new to this podcast, thank you for listening. My name is Barry, and I've returned from the great beyond that is Costa Rica, along with my co-host. My name is Craig. Round of applause for Barry making it home safely. I'll do virtual applause. I don't want to do that into the microphone. That's obnoxious. <laughs> Fair enough. I got to say, <laughs> I've been back in the United States for two days. Two days. And y'all, like, Costa Rica's hot. And the United States is like hot. It's like I just can't get away from it. Like nothing, yep. nothing works. The the only saving grace is that there's air conditioning in the United States. So no air where conditioning was, in Costa Rica. Nope. You well, at least where I was, there was okay. no air conditioning for the three weeks. So you live on uh, fans mm -hmm. uh, and like electric fly swatters killing all the mosquitoes. <laughs> like you've got no idea. Like my legs, I at least have twenty bug bites on them each. Gross. Was it worth it, though? Yeah. Okay. You know, people who don't know, I'm from Costa Rica, so I was visiting family. I got to go on a little bit of vacation to the beach as well. It was it was what I needed. Uh, <laughs> and and just be grateful that, you know, if you're in America listening to this, that, you know, your guys's masks thing is like a lot like you guys have gotten through the mask part. Mm -hmm. Costa Rica really hasn't. So okay. there's still a lot of time that like it's. I, I still wear my mask in the United States. People think it's weird. Like I can tell people are looking at me strange. Mm -hmm. Is it still mandatory over there? Yes, it is. Okay. That makes yeah, sense. Then. Yeah, it's it's mandatory to wear pretty much everywhere you go. So. Okay. Interesting. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. We held yeah. it down for two weeks. And then the third week that you were gone, we took a little break, which was nice as well. Now we're back, back to normal. Yeah, uh, that's the week I went to the beach, and I was I was not taking a computer with me. Like that <laughs> computer, like barely could do the editing in general. So I just figured that you could use a break, and mm -hmm. there was no way I was editing on the Wi-Fi I was on. The Wi-Fi I was on it was just absolutely disastrous. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Be, be grateful for Wi-Fi, and be <laughs> grateful that this podcast is back. That's right. And let's get into the news. Let's do it. So I guess we just start off with like a. Uh, you know, the the new switch that everybody's so happy to have. <laughs> yeah, so we got a we got a trailer for a new Nintendo switch. It's not what anybody thought it was. It is the Nintendo switch online. Sorry, OLED. It's yep. the OLED model. That one is 0.8 screen size bigger than the last generation. And the dock is slightly bigger and has a built in land cable. And uh, if people want to know my opinion on this, I ain't buying it. <laughs> me neither. My The only thing that gave me a little bit of hesitancy was like, oh, that new dock has an Ethernet port. That would be super handy. But you can buy the dock separately. So I ain't even needing that new OLED. I knew something was up when the trailer dropped randomly in the middle of the morning. I knew something <laughs> was up because I was like, hold on. What's this? Wait, no way. That's the. Pro model they're dropping randomly with no fanfare. I watched the whole thing waiting for it to get better and it never did. Same like same internals, same everything, still 1080p dock, 720 handheld, slightly bigger screen, garbage. <laughs> yeah, and you, my friends are currently like telling me like, "Oh, you're going to buy it. We know you're going to mm -hmm. buy it." But like I've done so much video research on this and I don't see in any way like why I should upgrade yeah. like there is no internal like upgrades to it. You don't get a better GPU. You don't get a better Ram. 
would I get better battery power? Yes. But people who don't know a lot about like screens an OLED, yes, is a very nice and a very good screen, but one, it's still at the same resolution of 720p, which is standard definition. It's not any upgrade or anything. And on top of that, OLED doesn't get as bright as LED. Mm-hmm. So especially like, and we ran into this issue where my brother was playing the switch in the car. When it hits direct sunlight, even now, it doesn't get bright enough for you to see a lot of the time. And I can imagine on an OLED model, it's going to be even worse because the yeah. OLED model isn't going to get as bright. So flashbacks know, it, to me trying to play Game Boy at nighttime when the Game Boy wasn't backlit and you had to like wait for the stop lights or like the overhead lights on the highway. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm getting flashbacks for. Yeah. Or instead of like a light now, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to buy like a shade like yeah. your Nintendo Switch has to wear the equivalent <laughs> of a hat in order for you to see it. I so. just don't understand what their market is for this i was at first i was like okay well if this replaces the switch right like the the you have now the switch and the switch light if this replaces the switch that makes sense just the new model but it's not right it's still like the switch the switch light and now the switch oled like i don't understand their thought process on this at all and all of them are within a very reasonable price like Mm -hmm. if you're looking at the difference between 300 to 350 you know, it's if you're tight on money, you're not going to, you know, one, you're not going to go for that extra $50 for the OLED model. And I and and here's what I'm going to say to people who like are mad about this. Like if you're mad about the, the switch not being an upgrade or a step up, then you need to not buy it. If yeah. you are mad and you still buy it, you're it doesn't matter. Nintendo doesn't care if you're mad. They don't care about whatever reviews they get on this new model. The only thing they care about is money in their pocket. And if you're mad about this and buy it, (laughs) you're part of the problem as well. Like they're it. And that's something that I had to realize in my decision not to get the new thing, because I, you know, I'm not mad at Nintendo. I about like not releasing a new Nintendo switch model. Like I, if I'm honest, I played my switch so much in Costa Rica where I'm okay with where it is. Do I wish I had better battery power for like Fire Emblem Three Heroes? Yeah, I wish I did. But um, Nintendo will do it however they want to. They did the same with uh, with the the Game Boy, where there were like three different iterations of the Game Boy before they ever released the Game Boy Advance or Game Boy Color. Mm-hmm. On top of that, it was the same thing with the DS. You had the DS, the DS Lite, the DSi, the DSi Lite, the DS... <laughs> the ds double combo wombo package the ds <laughs> you know yep. it it nintendo's known for just doing these iteration models and not really upgrading it and i guess the one thing you could run into with upgrading it is the fact that you're alienate alienating part of your audience because um if this was able to do 4k i think at some point the games are gonna have to be okay this is nintendo switch pro only Mm-hmm. And I don't think Nintendo's ready to do that yet. I don't think they're ready to separate their con- their their game base based on who has which Switch. And, you know, we're still in a pandemic in a lot of ways when it comes to shortages of, like, microchips and everything like that. So maybe that's why they decided not to announce a new Switch model with a new processor and RAM because they probably don't have it or don't yeah. have the supplies for it. So Yeah, I'm not super upset about it. I... I was still kind of up in the air if it was going to be a Switch Pro, if I was going to buy it anyway, but 
I just, I don't know. It's just a weird decision, but that's Nintendo. That's what they do. They make weird calls on a lot of things. (laughs) Exactly. Um, If we want to stay on the anger train, I say we go right into the Sony state of play. Yeah. Yeah. Because man, that was awful. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Maybe I was just expecting more. Like I I knew it wasn't going to get any first party stuff. I think they had already said that it was just third party, but uh, we got a whole bunch of death loop, which, okay. I'm still not super excited about that game. Um, It looks okay. It just looks like dishonored to me with guns. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then a whole bunch of other third party stuff. And I can't even think of a single thing in that 30 minute little thing that interested me. How about you? So for me, I am excited for that martial arts combat game. I think it's like Sifu, Mm -hmm. the one where every time you die, you get older. If it ends up being a cool mechanic and they use it in a good way, I am excited for that game. Mm hmm. I'm kind of surprised they didn't show uh, Bridge, uh, Kenna Bridge of Spirits, if I'm being honest. That game is supposed to come out next month. Yeah. And to not see a trailer for it or some, or a new trailer for it is kind of weird. So I, I, I don't know. I have a strange feeling about Kenna. I'm super excited for Kenna. Let me be straightforward. Mm-hmm. But the fact that there hasn't been any trailers, new ones, and the fact that Sony really hasn't been pushing it as much makes me... I, 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 don't, I don't know. Like... <laughs> I'm excited for this game, but a lot of Sony's big games, they tend to push very well. And this game looks like every everything we want in a new big game for for Sony. And the fact that they're not pushing it makes me makes me a little bit on the hazy side for what to expect from kind of Bridge of Spirits. But, you know, you're right. The state of play was a little bit lackluster, but I think everybody kind of put their expectations onto it because Mm -hmm. they were like, oh, this is Sony's answer for their E3. And... If this is their answer, then be glad that they didn't like <laughs> an, yeah. that they didn't hype up this thing or something like that. I I watched the entire thing in Costa Rica and I was just like, you know, okay, this is all right. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I yeah, it, it didn't blow the doors off of anything. I know people expected it, but I think for me, I didn't expect that much to begin with. If I'm being honest, I was uh, I wasn't in the like when it dropped, it kind of just suddenly dropped for me. Like I kind of forgot that they were even doing a state of play. And I think I watched it like literally 12 hours later. Okay. So it's, it's not, it's not something I had hype for because I completely forgot it existed. <laughs> and also, man, that, uh, demon slayer game looks like crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it looks bad. And I was, you know, having just gotten into watching that, I was like pretty excited to see what that looked like. It does not look good. At all. You know, I'm going to get the game because <laughs> mm-hmm. I am excited for it. And I do need to ask, have you watched now that Mugen Train is available on yeah. streaming services? Have you watched it yet? I did. Oh, yes. You have to. T- <laughs> did, you, did you already talk about it on the previous podcast? I did not because I watched it. But in that like week where we didn't record. OK, um, so you'll talk about it this week. I mean, I yeah, I, I forgot to write it down because I forgot I watched it. But yes, <laughs> thank you. I, <laughs> I can talk about it. Cool. All right. <laughs> so. But yeah, the game, I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, there's still a part of me for this Demon Slayer game where I'm waiting for them to announce like playable demons, but that doesn't look to be the case. Mm-hmm. And the demons have like really cool and unique powers, but also I'm going to go with the games trying not to spoil like the manga because the manga is finished. And if they put demons that haven't been shown in the manga or in the anime yet, then people are going to be like, who the hell is this? And then some sort of spoiler or something like right, that. Right, right. I am... I am still optimistic about the game. Know that I will not be buying any like collector's editions. I'm going to buy the base game. Yeah. 
and I'm just going to write it out. If if it's any, it, it looks like it's a lot the uh, like the Storm, the uh, Naruto Storm series, yeah, which yeah. had fun combat and the story mode was fun. So I'll probably have fun with the story mode and then never play online because on uh, fighting games and online, I'm just horrible at, the, <laughs> you know, as a gamer, the one thing I have shame of. Yeah. I'll for sure at least try it, but for me, that's going to be like a try to get it through GameFly game. I I don't know that I want to spend sixty dollars on that, but no. hopefully, hopefully, it's mm-hmm. at least competent. Yeah, I'm absolutely with you. Yep. And if we're gonna speak on Sony, because we're doing segues now. Yes. Uh, Sony posts a trailer about their PS5, and the PS5 was upside down, so they deleted <laughs> the trailer. Yeah. Uh, I just find that it's not really big news. I just find it hilarious that um. Sony, you imagine, would have a say in what goes into this trailer and the fact that they posted it and probably within five minutes, somebody commented, hey, your PS5 is upside down and they went, crap, delete it, (laughs) delete it. Yep. because I I can't I I can't imagine like someone getting a PS5 seeing that trailer and go, oh, that's how you're supposed to like use it. Okay, (laughs) And then you end up getting, you know, lawsuits and stuff because people's PS5s are broken. I had a little bit of an issue when I got mine, like because mine's standing up, but figuring out which way the stand goes in was difficult. And I also for the the first time I put a game in, I put it in backwards because I I wasn't sure which way it was supposed to go in. Um, So I guess I could see where they're coming from. Whoever mistook that it was probably somebody who doesn't have one. Maybe it was somebody in the uh, whoever was in charge of making the trailer was like, yeah, that looks good. And it just got it was just an oversight, obviously. Yeah, but uh, I, I get where they're coming from because it's such a weirdly shaped console. I could see where they're like, yeah, that looks right. Yeah, yeah, I'm <laughs> with you. Um, we can go. I don't have a good segue into this, so I'll just go right into it. But uh, yeah, we're, we're going to have to break it eventually. Yep. Uh, Assassin's Creed Infinity got announced because it got leaked. Um, it's a game that's still very, very far off. I think a couple years at at the least here. Um, but they're going towards a live service game, which is interesting. Um, not a whole lot of info yet, as opposed to they want to combine all the studios to make this ongoing game. Um, I've heard a lot of talk on different podcasts about, you know, obviously there's no like concrete. This is what it's going to look like. But people saying like, oh, it could look like a hub where you pick whichever game you want and play that. And for me, it kind of came across as like, Maybe they do something. So hello, everyone. Uh, we are back in the podcast. Craig and I currently have major thunderstorms going above us, and we lost power for a little bit. Yeah. So <laughs> let the storm ride out, and hopefully <laughs> it's a bit over us right now. It seems as though both of our lights have stopped flickering like they're, like our houses are haunted. So yep. Yep. we're, we're going to go ahead and we're going to go ahead and restart here like nothing ever happened. Yeah. Assassin's Creed Infinity, everybody. Um, what I was saying before my power went all crazy was I think that, you know, I could be totally wrong here, but I feel like this is going to be something that would be along the lines of a destiny. So maybe different hub worlds and you can go to different, I mean, they can use the animus. It's already built into their storyline to go to these different areas. I just don't know that I personally, not being a huge fan of Assassin's Creed games is going to be like fully into a live service game revolved around Assassin's Creed. Yeah, and 
as someone who loved Assassin's Creed when they were more about story and like RPG and not all about these and like Ubisoft in general is kind of went in this open world landscape where everything has to be open world to be over 100 hours. Yep. I just think that you know, uh when is the breaking point for Ubisoft? Cuz like yes, these games have sold, but they haven't necessarily reviewed the best as of late. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think we can both look through and really say that the last game that Ubisoft, like, I can't remember the last game Ubisoft kind of put out and, like, stopped the whole world for a minute or something like that, you know, kind of like how, you know, Nintendo had Breath of the Wild, Sony and Microsoft have both of their exclusive games killing it. And, you know, if Ubisoft is going to do this live service thing, I guess cool, but I'm not going to lie, it's not something I don't think anybody really asked for or needed. Yeah. And... I think that just goes to show that Ubisoft, I think, is kind of disconnected from their fan base where, you know, Far Cry, maybe that's maybe Far Cry is going to fix it all. Maybe Far Cry is going to be the next thing because I am excited for Far Cry. But, you know, ever since my whole like 100 hour playthrough of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, like I'm not I haven't touched that game and I get the DLC like for free because I bought like the Ultimate Edition. So. Like at this point, I'm just kind of waiting and maybe when the backlog isn't nearly as long as it is now, because now I've got a lot of gaming mm-hmm. to do, uh, then maybe we come back to then maybe I'll go back to Valhalla and play the DLC. But right now, like Ubisoft, like if if I could get one thing out to them, like not your game can be 40 hours and I'm people will buy it. People yep. will play it and have a positive experience with it. And yeah. I think what bums me out the most is them saying that they're going to pull together the different, you know, yeah. areas yeah. of Ubisoft. And that only pulls away from them doing more unique games. Like one of the area, one of the uh, studios that's helping is the one that did Immortals Phoenix Rising. And like, yeah, yeah, that's still an open world game, but at least it was something different. And now yeah. they're, now yeah. they're just going to go do Assassin's Creed. So there goes that team. Yeah. And like. Immortals was more like the console version of Breath of the Wild. I think in a lot of ways that was like the closest we ever got. Mm -hmm. And of course it had Greek gods in it. So I loved it. But um, yeah, I've, I think Ubi like Ubisoft just needs to, I think get their head in the game with the games that they're putting out. They, they're bringing out, you know, stuff with like rainbow six and Tom Clancy, but people loved like the splinter cell series and they still haven't really brought that back. Yep. And, you know, there's with how well it takes two did, there is a new type of want to play like co-op games. Mm-hmm. And if if you were to do and I remember like Splinter Cell Conviction where you had and that was a fantastic game, like the story was great and it had its own separate co-op where, you know, you played different missions, you were two different agents like if you you could make an entire game based off of that. And I think it would sell like Game Busters. Yeah. But Ubisoft, I guess, just doesn't see the time and want to put into, you know, the Ghost Recon or Tom Clancy series as much. Yeah, we're getting Rainbow Six Quarantine. But again, this is kind of that huge wave of Left for Dead like games, which I posted in my article a mm-hmm. while ago uh, that I posted two <laughs> weeks ago. So you're not wrong. So with other news that we have coming out here is Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl trailer. It is a Smash, a a Super Smash Brothers, like ultimate like trailer. This game is so weird. I, I 
like it kind of went through a nostalgia trip for me watching the trailer after like seeing all like the old Nickelodeon cartoons that I used to that I used to grow up watching with. I'm not particularly excited for this game. I didn't ask for it and I I might try it if there's like a demo or something, but I don't see me buying this because nah. this is a the Nickelodeon phase is long past for me. Yeah, I I really don't have that much interest in it. It was kind of like a novel thing when I saw it, but I don't yeah. know. It, I I feel like this can be a game that's going to be 20 bucks in a couple of months. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> we then have the Death Stranding director's cut, which then Hideo Kojima came out and said, "No, this isn't a director's cut." So this is all <laughs> types of weird. You know, I I do have to say after seeing this director's cut, like I Craig, who's been on this podcast before, loved Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. And a part of me like if I can get to the point where like maybe the combat and maybe the, the director's cut looks like it's supposed to make combat more fun, then I think I might try to finish this game. Yeah. But uh, like the the regular Death Stranding did not lead me to want enough, especially when like carrying packages was very, very cumbersome. But it looks like there's a new suit that's supposed to help you and make things a lot easier. And I think. Maybe if they put that kind of like difficulty mode in the game a little bit sooner, then more people would have played it and finished it. But the Strand, the first ever Strand game, you know, (laughs) Death Stranding Director's Cut, I guess we'll see how the public's reaction is to it. I hope it ends up being something that I can finally want to play this game, kind of like how Ghost Shishima did, which we're getting a director's cut of that. Mm -hmm. But if if it can make me come back and play the game and the upgrade isn't thirty dollars, hint, uh, Ghost Tsushima, um, then I guess we'll then I hope that I'll enjoy the game. Yeah, it's just another thing that I was like, I don't know that anybody really asked for a director's cut of Death Stranding. Like you either liked it or you didn't, and I I don't even think the people who liked it were like, yeah, give me a director's cut. I just that wasn't really out there, so it's very weird. And then also him coming out and being like, yeah, it's not a director's cut. I don't know why they made this <laughs> just a weird thing. Maybe they just wanted to release something with it. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. We then have Ghostwire Tokyo, which is now delayed until 2022. Uh, if anybody remembers this game, it's kind of a first person. It gives me a lot of Bioshock feels, but it's this weird kind of Japanese Bioshock in a way. I'm excited for it. Yep. It's a it's funny how it's coming to PS5 and PC, but Microsoft owns that studio now, but Ghostwire was a prior obligation. So it's kind of funny, all like the loops and holes that have to be, you know, thrown into now. But uh, hopefully when this game comes out, it's good. Uh, We I've kind of wanted another Bioshock type game. And if I can get anywhere close to something like that with this, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm super pumped. We then have Marvel not doing big movie deal contracts anymore. They've come come out and said that they're not doing these like multiple five movie deals anymore. And for actors, I kind of can see where people are kind of upset about it. But I think me personally, Marvel has earned this pedigree where if you get in a Marvel movie and you're a hero, not only do you have multiple projects to work on, like job security, like that's good for them, but also it's kind of a lifting off platform where other studios are probably going to hire you because you're a very well-known name in the Marvel universe. So, you know, it's a little bit of news, but I I found it somewhat entertaining. Yeah. You can get yourself in a title role in a Marvel movie. You're pretty much set for life. Yeah. So they're, they're probably playing off the fact that 
you know, they can literally do no wrong when it comes to their movies. So yep. a lot of, you know, not only do they have all of the big actors wanting to get even side roles in it, you know, take, for example, Thor Ragnarok, which I rewatched recently, where you have Matt Damon, mm-hmm. you know, playing a part in it. And, you know, in the Avengers film where you've got, you know, medium actors or even ESPN's Matthew Barry mm-hmm. in, in, in the movie. So, you know, there's a lot to do with that. But, you know, I've. I guess I really don't know if this is a positive or a negative because I'm not an actor, but just some heads up on that kind of thing. Yeah. Microsoft throws some shade with a Game Pass trailer and a picture that had a PS4 controller that said, look at this photograph using the Nickelback uh, picture. And it kind of had its own like uh, theme, like, look at this photograph. Our stuff works on other platforms. I don't remember all of the lines here. I'm I'm going to look it up now that I think about it. <laughs> but you know, I I've I've had a positive experience with Game Pass because Game Pass has worked really well for me. It's just too bad it didn't work in Costa Rica, so <laughs> uh, I didn't get to play any of those games while I was. Was it the the internet speed for you out there? It just says it's not available in the country, which oh, okay. I guess I wish I had known mm-hmm. that it wasn't available like there. But it's available in like other countries, like um, like Switzerland and like Finland, I think, in the U.S. Uh, mm-hmm. But not many of the Latin countries have, I guess, the Internet to um, have Game Pass work on their system. Gotcha. Let's see here. And while I continue to look this up here, mm-hmm. LeBron James comes to Fortnite. Uh, <laughs> this was not really a surprise for anybody. Yeah, but, but also we didn't ask for it. Yeah, like no one <laughs> asked for it. And on top of that, too, what was weird is... When they first announced like the NBA jer- jersey collection that was coming out when the NBA playoffs started, I thought LeBron was already going to be a part of it. But I guess that character is just their generic character wearing a jersey that you could put on other generic characters. And now this is the LeBron package. So I, you got to pay more for the LeBron package. Yeah. So here is the uh, game bo- uh, game pass uh, tweet and okay. look at this photographed look at this photograph Mm. it's on one of our cloud gaming ads do you see what's in those hands it's a controller from a different brand (laughs) all right all right that's pretty good i had this you know what was weird is i just couldn't say that like (laughs) i I had to sing it because it's photographed by nickelback and it's the most meme song one of the most meme songs ever and i only know how to like sing it i can't just say it that's not even shade that's just them showing you can use a playstation controller yeah it's (laughs) it's funny and hopefully whoever's listening to this got their kick out of me singing a parody of photograph from the xbox game pass twitter (laughs) man the places i'll go (laughs) yep the things that are news in 2021 no kidding uh Two more things for the news part of it. Atlas is teasing announcements for the Persona 25th anniversary. Uh, We did get a bunch of new character art, and it showed that there's like a little panel that says secret. So they plan on having announcements for Persona. As we know, I'm probably the biggest Persona-like person in the planet right now. All I talk about is Persona 5, like every chance I get on the podcast. So there is your daily segment of Persona 5 wordage from me. Uh, I wasn't expecting a Persona 6 this early. They usually take very long with their games. So if a Persona 6 is ready, cool. I look forward to it and I hope it's a good game. Other than that, if they're bringing out more side projects like 
a collection of all of their older personas because not a lot of people have gotten to play three or two. Like four and five were very popular. And if they just do a collection series, maybe uh, that would probably boost up their ratings when it comes to the Persona series and get more people into it. So good for them. And I hope Persona does a decent amount. Last from me, and this is only really because I haven't been on the podcast. I just wanted to go over my overall E3 thoughts. Not everybody wants to read my whole like article that I posted on the website. So I'll, I'll make it quick here. Overall, uh, Microsoft did a really good job of their conference. I'm still worried about Halo Infinite not having a release date. I know it's supposed to be this year, but until I see a release date, I'm not going to believe them. <laughs> we then have a lot of games that are coming out that are like in this Left 4 Dead-like era where we have Rainbow Six Quarantine. We have... Uh, what's the game coming out in October? Back for Blood. Back for Blood, Redfall, I think, was the game that they showed off at the very end. So there's this lot of four-player co-op PvE or PvP type situation in this. I'm not sure, and I'm afraid of how that's going to affect maybe some of these exclusive Xbox games because there is such a thing as market you know, oversaturation where the game might review well, but everybody is too busy playing this game or that game. And so I I guess we'll see how it goes. We have a lot of these games coming out as of late, and I just hope that they're all good and they all sell well. I don't I don't want any of these games to fail because I don't want to have to wait like we did with the Left 4 Dead to yeah. like get anything else like it again. These games are fun and they they make you want to play with your friends, and that's what gaming is all about, especially now. It's the uh new battle royale, I think. Right. Yeah. We have oversaturation with Battle Royale. Now we're just getting a ton of the Left 4 Dead style of games, which is not a bad thing. I love Left 4 Dead as well, as long as it's they're done well. Like, I'm excited for all of those, except while well, Rainbow Six, we're kind of up in the air about. But the other two I'm super excited for. Yeah, exactly. We then have the Square Enix. I really wasn't too happy with that one. Like, as long as Guardians of the Galaxy and is I really don't care about the um the character models if i'm being honest like i do understand that they have to be different due to copyright restrictions and due to likeness restrictions as well but if guardians of the galaxy is in any way like mass effect i'm all for it this should be it uh i look forward to the game as long as it's not a live service that's all i'll say about that and other than that the square enix was kind of really disappointing in a lot of ways i was hoping to see more on final fantasy 16 we did not. And what they showed of Stranger in Paradise and the demo that I played is kind of leaving me like I don't know if I want to play this game at all. <laughs> yeah, I love Dark Souls games. And after playing this, I was kind of like, oh, this is like weird. Uh, so well, I-, I don't know. I guess we'll see how people react to that game in the end. Then we had uh, what's I know there's Nintendo, but was there any other big conferences that I'm leaving out? I really don't. I don't think so. Okay, so with Nintendo, I do kind of think they they did win E3 if there was a uh, an award to be given for it. The new Mario Party is going to bring back classic maps, which is fantastic. That's what they should do. It's going to bring back a hundred of the best mini games. Also very well done on their end. WarioWare is another party game that people have been begging for, and I think that's great. 
showing off Breath of the Wild 2 is going to be fun. I am afraid it's going to be more Breath of the Wild and not more classic Legend of Zelda like me and you grew up with. But, mm-hmm. you know, this is what everybody wants now. And if this is what everybody wants, Nintendo's just going to shell out as much as they can to get as much money as they possibly can. <laughs> so, yeah, good on them. And also Advance Wars, they're doing a remake of uh, 1 and 2 there and they'll be releasing it later this year. I'm super excited for Advance Wars uh, just because it's uh, Fire Emblem-like. If I had to pick one game I wish I saw more of at E3, it would have been Tales of Arise, which is kind of the reboot of the new Tales games. You guys should, if you're interested in JRPGs at all, go ahead and watch the... Yeah. Yeah, all right. If you if you were worried about Thunderstorms, <laughs> that's that's Thunderstorms. But yep. I think I think that's God, or you know whoever's <laughs> up in there agreeing with me. Yes, Tales yes. of Arise. Tales of Arise. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's another Japanese anime game, JRPG, but I am so looking forward to it, so well... I'll leave that at my E3 impressions. All right. For the most part. And that's primarily because my gaming is a little bit weird. Uh, <laughs> I played no new games. Yeah. You can't, I couldn't. So here we go. If you don't, uh, for those who don't know, too, I'm holding Barry's new games hostage while yes. he was gone. So he hasn't been able to play them yet. <laughs> Especially yeah, my new Switch games. Yep. He has two new Switch <laughs> games for me that I've been able to play. Yep. So with that. I played the 51 tabletop games uh, thing. Love that game. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> I was surprised with how much fun it is. I was it's too bad I didn't get any of my family to play with me. I was really hoping like I was going to be able to get like on a boring day where my mom or my dad weren't doing anything. We were going to be able to play checkers or something. Mm-hmm. But the the games I love the most are Mancala, which I didn't know how to play, but I love that game now. Uh, I do love the blow and hit game which is where you there you have nine tries to guess a four sequence color and ball mm-hmm. uh guess thing and i love that like i love the deduction theory and everything like that it's a lot of fun i love the thunder just keep it up like yeah. it's it adds like a dramatic <laughs> tone to my po- it's while insane I'm about the games. <laughs> i then have uh you know what i'll get into it metopia is fantastic like, all right I'm, if people haven't gotten this game it is so much fun and the character creator is nuts. It is so much fun to create a character that's like based off of you and then take all of your favorite like classic uh, like cartoon characters that you can download, anime characters, movie characters. Like the character creator is so nuts that in and the video game creator, like my party, I had um, Rangoku from Demon mm-hmm. Slayer just because it was funny. Uh, let's see here. He was my chef, which even made it like more <laughs> hilarious. I'm trying to remember who I had. And I had two characters from Fire Emblem. That's who it was. It was okay. Hilda and Rhea. And then in like, as you get further into the game, you can get more uh, party members. So like I have Solid Snake in my party and I just can't tell you how much like fun and stupid this game is that uh, like the things you can create in this game are just hilarious. Like there are characters that you can put into this game that aren't even characters. I have princess reverse Uno card and it's a reverse (laughs) Uno card. It's just, it's so funny. And I can't tell you how many hours I put into this, like my first week Mm -hmm. there because a lot of it was visiting family, but due to COVID restrictions, not all of family wants to, you know, be going out and seeing people. So for my first week, like I literally all I played was Metopia and it was so much fun. Uh, Me, I I can't suggest this game enough. And 
I think, and if you watch like YouTubers play it, I think you'll find out the appeal of why you should play Metopia. Uh, just pick a bunch of characters that you have like a connection to, and the game does it all itself. Okay, I know you sent me a picture of a boss that was the Cool Ranch Doritos. Yep, which I thought was exactly. pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, like the the amount of stuff you can have. Like, yeah, the main boss in my game is a uh, is Cool Ranch Doritos. Why? I just thought it was funny. <laughs> I still have to play it and I still really want to because everything you've shown me, I'm like, man, that just looks ridiculous. Yeah, and it's it's just a lot of fun. Don't take the game too seriously. And like the the game just plays on itself where, you know, the the more you have a relationship, the more like random events happen. So like there's a love triangle between me, Rengoku, and Hilda. Like, all of them love me, and Rengoku, Rengoku's mad at Hilda for liking me, and then they start getting in each other's way. It's just <laughs> hilarious. Like, the 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 game itself is good. I And it's only 50 bucks. Yeah. It's it, it's not even a full-priced game. If Even if it was full-priced, I would have bought it. So. Is it uh, solidly on your top 10 for the year, do you think? You know, it's kind of I I would say yes, but okay. the thing is, is this game I don't really think adds anything to the 3DS version, so okay. I will probably not put it in my top ten, but expect it to be an honorable mention. Okay, that makes sense. What else did you play? Other stuff? Uh, if I told you no, <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. But Jimmy said I tried playing like Let's Go, like Evie and. Mm-hmm. The thing about the Let's Go franchise for me is that I've played through like that first generation of Pokemon so many times that I kind of have just burnt out from it. As yeah. much as like I love the original 151, it's hard for me to play that play, play and beat that game. Yeah, because the uh, it, it's just not as fun. I, I love the thunder in the, in the background. <laughs> it's so insane is, right now. Yes, it adds. <laughs> but let's go ahead and talk about the games you played because you probably okay. actually played like new games not like well the funny thing is is i haven't played a whole lot of new games because my time has been completely sucked up with trying to beat returnal i was like so focused in on beating that i i still had the uh the dlc for final fantasy 7 that i wanted to play um but i was i didn't even touch that yet so i did actually yesterday beat returnal finally it took me what like two weeks i think yeah two and a half weeks i think that makes sense yeah yeah um super frustrating there were two times that i can think of where i almost quit just because i was like banging my head against the section for days um until i finally figured out a way around it i know like i beat the game and i saw credits but after you beat it there's like a you're not done right yeah yeah there's an extra yeah there's an extra part to it i didn't do that yet and i do plan on doing that i just have to I was trying to do it after I beat it and I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So I want to look that up because like, I don't want to be wasting hours and hours of my life trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do. But overall, like, I think this will probably end up on my top 10 for the year. It's such a, like it controls and feels so. So after another lovely, uh, (laughs) yes, we're going to call it a power outage. Uh, you were talking about return. Yes. So I need to finish the, after the credits portion, I'm just looking up how to do that so i don't waste a lot of time running around but i think this is going to end up in my top 10 for the year because i had a ton of fun with it even though it was super frustrating at times um but honestly besides returnal i played more mario golf which uh i'm starting to cool on i I don't know if i like it as much playing more of it 
Um, and then I did play some UFC four because they just threw that on Game Pass and that's hot garbage. So that's pretty <laughs> that's pretty much what I've been playing now that I'm done with Returnal, like done in quotation marks. Now I can start getting some of these other games that I've been wanting to play, like Final Fantasy and a bunch of other ones. So I should have some new ones next week and you're going to have a bunch next week, too. Yeah, I, I will be busy next week. Uh, f- expect like for me, Scarlet Nexus, yeah. golf, uh, Monster Hunter stories. Like I'm I'm gonna be busy. We're gonna have Skyward Sword next week yeah. as well. Uh, f- on f- for that comes out this Friday. So this is this is gonna be yeah. fun. I look forward to it. But that's gonna be it for the gaming section for us. Let's go ahead and get into the sure. movies. Where for me. I didn't get to watch Luca because Disney Plus decided not to work on my flight. Perfect. So poor taste on you, <laughs> Disney Plus. Uh, I will have it for next week episode. Cool. Sorry cool. about that. So pretty much for me, I watched Bad Batch and Luca. Okay. Those I've been able to watch without much of a problem. Uh, Bad Batch is really starting to hit its stride with story and action here, where it's definitely not as slow. Oh, Omega is now more of a part of the crew where she's not the damsel or person in distress. And the crew itself is uh, getting getting to be better and we're getting into more like planet side political stuff. I'm just having a lot of fun with Bad Batch and I am hoping that you guys are watching that and having fun with it as yeah. well. Uh, go ahead. Let's do Loki. Let's do Loki. Gonna, I was going to say, yeah, we can do Loki sure. together. So, episode six it, we're up to or five we had last one is five, this yeah week. yep so this is kind of my review almost as the entire mm-hmm. series because now i've watched three episodes without uh w- without craig being around or without talking about them you know one thing that i wanted to talk about is i had uh i had a friend of mine like text me and ask me what i thought of the series and so far overall it's i think it's okay mm-hmm. like uh, i don't mind it at all but my friend thinks this is like the greatest like piece of Marvel stuff that's come out like ever. Okay. And that kind of that's thing. interesting. For me, like I I like Loki. Like there's nothing wrong with it. But the so far with Loki, the the first episode was good. The the second and third were pretty mm-hmm. slow. Like not a lot happened. And of course, in the third, in the in the fourth and fifth year, like things are starting to ramp up because of course they would. But Marvel continues to fall into pitfalls that they know that work and are comfortable for them. Uh, the kind of the whole thing in episode four, the huge surprise, it didn't surprise me at all. Like it, that that's Marvel falls into these holes that uh, are just predictable. And Loki becoming this like anti-hero thing, you know, I, I guess it makes sense. Uh, it's, I don't know. I guess the show hasn't impressed me as much as like WandaVision, sorry, like WandaVision's like thriller part of it, like the mystery beyond it. Like it's not like Mm -hmm. that. And the action sequences in Falcon and the Winter Soldier are better than what's in Loki. So Loki is kind of this, you know, gray area thing where it's trying to be like good on the combat side of things and also be like what's going on sort of thing. And the surprises in WandaVision got me better than they did in Loki. Yeah. Okay. So far. I would say that I still think WandaVision out of the three is the best series so far. Um, I think yeah, same here. me personally, I'd probably go WandaVision, then Loki, then Falcon and Winter Soldier. 
I really like Loki, but I like it for different reasons. I just think it's a uh, it's more about like getting me excited for what's coming next in the movies more so than the actual series itself. Like I enjoy Loki a lot. So the possibility that this could be their way to bring him back into the Marvel Universe, even though he died in uh, Endgame or Infinity War Endgame. Yeah, um, I think it's cool. So I'm enjoying it. Um, I'm enjoying all the little Easter eggs they've thrown in there, especially the last episode. There was a ton of them. Uh, I'm excited for the finale, but it's more so like I'm just excited for them using this to set up everything that's going to be coming. Um, So I I enjoyed I don't think it's like the best thing they've ever done by any means, but I think it's very, very good. Yeah, and the, for, for me, I do tend to hold judgment because the ending is always mm-hmm. paramount. And if for whatever reason this ending is unsatisfying, which one I don't think it will be unsatisfying. I think like this is really going to bring up a lot of excitement yeah. for what the uh, for what the Marvel Universe next step is. So, you know, I look forward to it. I guess like I'm just not I remember like WandaVision and how every week I was waiting for the episode and I watched it right yeah. away where with Loki you know, yeah, I was in another country, but, you know, there was a time where I literally, you know, I binged all three episodes all at once because Loki doesn't have that same, I guess, it factor yeah, for me. I would agree with that. Uh, when it, WandaVision yeah, just so. pulled you in and like you needed yeah. to know what happened next. Loki, you're just kind of like, this is cool. I'll watch it when it comes out, but I'm not as emotionally invested as I was with WandaVision. Exactly. Um, I watched Black Widow. So I don't want to go. I have. Did you watch that? I haven't gotten. To, okay. No, I haven't gotten to okay. watch that yet. Uh, but I, I was going to sure. ask you actually how it was. So no spoilers since you haven't watched it. We can talk about it whenever you do watch that. Um, next okay. week. You'll have it next yeah. week. <laughs> um, so we can go into it more then. But it's pretty much what I expected out of that movie. Actually, it's probably better than I expected because when you get down to it, like a Black Widow movie is fine. I like Black Widow, but. You know, when you first say like a standalone Black Widow movie, most people are going to be like, eh, okay. You know, you look at her as like the least powerful of the Avengers. Um, But it was very entertaining. I have a huge uh, soft spot for Taskmaster. I think he's a great villain. Um, The scenes with Taskmaster are really good. And again, I don't want to give anything away. They went a different direction with Taskmaster, which is fine. It's just not what I expected. Um, But it wasn't terrible. Like I was perfectly okay with it. Um, her sister who's been advertised, um, kind of the family really steals the show here. Um, it's very, okay. very funny, very touching, but it's more about the family than it is black widow. Um, so that was cool. I really like that. And they do use, um, the end of the movie to set up some more stuff, which I've kind of missed since we haven't had the Marvel movies, those like end credit scenes that set you up for the next thing. Like I missed yeah. that and seeing that I was like, okay. We're back into that mode now, and I'm, I'm cool with it. Um, but I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, it'll probably end up on my top 10 for the year for sure, um, unless a bunch of cool stuff comes out. But I'll wait until you see it to actually dive into it. But fantastic. I can't recommend it enough. Yeah, one thing I'll say before like you go mm-hmm. into the next thing. With Black Widow, like they've already made their money yeah. back, I think. And I, I think in this end it's it's worth the wait that people got for it you know people got to see the movie theater experience with this game sorry this movie looks like it should be viewed in theaters in a pretty well way and if you watch it at home it's because you know one you've got family and you want to watch it at home or you got like your own home theater set up back at your own place but 
like regardless i'm super excited to watch it now that i should have some time to be able to get <laughs> like it. i watched it at home and i really enjoyed it but the whole time i'm sitting there i'm like man i miss being in that movie theater because like i still haven't gone to see the fast and furious movie either and i need to so i haven't been back to the yeah. theaters yet but this was the first movie i was like yeah this was definitely a, a movie theater movie for sure yeah um cool. and then the other thing i watched was i watched uh Fear Street 1994 on Netflix, which there's Fear Street. I'm going to forget the year, but there's a second version, second movie that's out. And then the third one comes out this Friday on Netflix. So they've done three movies in three weeks uh, based on R.L. Stein of Goosebumps fame. But this is his like adult novel, uh, but really good movie as well. If you're into horror, um, don't have a whole lot to say, because, again, I don't want to give a lot of things away. If people haven't seen it. If you're into horror, it's a very good campy horror. It's got humor. It's got like the campy blood. Very cool. They're all going to be on Netflix. So definitely check that out. All right. And you said you watched. I Demon did watch Slayer. Demon Slayer. Um, It's good. I don't. It's hard for me because like I enjoyed it, but I don't think I'm as emotionally invested as everybody else is in the series. Right. So I think me yeah. like I didn't freak out as much. It looked gorgeous. I'm even watching it, even watching it at home. I was like, man, this is some high tier animation, high tier. Um, The fights were awesome. Um, The characters that were annoying were still annoying to me. So, I mean, good on them. Yeah, good on them. But the story was great. Like, I don't I don't want to act like I didn't enjoy it because I thought it was great. Um, But for me, it was not something that I needed to see in theaters. So me waiting the extra, what, two or three weeks? three weeks maybe yeah yeah was yeah. perfectly fine rented it for like 3.99 well worth the money well worth the money <laughs> yeah i i imagine so like i i just want to ask you because a, a lot of it for me is i didn't find myself into demon slayer mm-hmm. until this okay. movie like after i watched that movie i was i'm sold <laughs> like i have yeah. I got the limited edition blu-ray from japan Man. did i spend too much money for it yes <laughs> okay do i care no Uh, (laughs) yeah but i i finally got to watch it on the plane and i like i just have to ask ask you like we grew Mm -hmm. up with dragon ball z seven episode fighting Mm -hmm. scenes that final part of like demon slayer Mm -hmm. did that bring you back to like the old (laughs) fighting areas because that like i I think I saw that Demon Slayer movie so much because that ending fight scene every time my mouth is on the floor <laughs> yeah. and I'm I'm hype as yep. heck because it um like not only is it like a great movie mm-hmm. like you said that fight scene is kind of this pinnacle of animation yeah. that I had never seen before and it made it like even talking about it right now is going to make my head explode yeah. like yeah. This don't be surprised if this is number one <laughs> on my list That's for fair. me. Uh, but I, I, I had to get yeah. your reaction to that just because the, the way they animated the fire, I thought was so stylized mm-hmm. and so cool. And, you know, I. Right before that ending part of demons, like the ending fight scene for Demon Slayer, I really thought like, oh, I'm not going to get to see Rengoku pop off. That kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. And you're wrong yep. <laughs> in I was wrong in so many ways. So <laughs> that it's it's rare for a movie to ca- catch me off guard like that. Like I wasn't spoiled, which was fantastic. 
so that that part of the ending and the ending fight scene really hit me. But yeah, like that that fight animation, I don't know how anything ever gets like that good again for yeah. me. Like that was like the ultimate. It high. definitely made me feel like I was in high school again watching like the excitement I got watching Dragon Ball Z when I was in high school. And like at the time when they would play like I'm a, I forget the names, but there was three Dragon Ball Z movies that were on repeat on like Cartoon Network all the time. And I remember like recording them on a VHS so I could watch them whenever yeah, I wanted. Yeah. And like just putting those in like every day after school and just being like, these are the coolest things ever. Like it, it kind of brought me back to that of watching it as a kid and like just getting excited on fight scenes. Um, but yeah, it was it was cool. It was definitely really cool. I haven't been excited for an animated movie like that since I was a kid. So yeah, I don't know where it's going to end up on my list. We'll see. Yeah, like standalone, mm-hmm. I can definitely see where people like lose their way mm-hmm. with it because like as like I we practically forced you to watch <laughs> the 26 true, episodes true. because everybody wouldn't shut up about it. But you ended up having that background knowledge to like the three characters. Mm-hmm. Rengoku doesn't get a lot of time in the anime. You get to see him for like maybe a total of a minute and 30 seconds on screen yeah. time. But um just overall like the connection you know you end up having to the movie definitely makes that payoff worth it to to have watched all 26 episodes instead of just going in blind where if you're going in blind you're gonna love like the animation and what the movie does well but you're gonna miss a lot of the connections to where you know there there's gonna be a lot that you go that goes over your head that may confuse you where somebody who watched the anime definitely is like oh this is what it's referring yeah to, exactly kind of i'm glad i watched all the episodes and didn't just go right to the movie even though it was that was some effort right there were some episodes in there where i wasn't feeling it but it has a, a good payoff at the end yeah it does so with that we're gonna go ahead and end the podcast first off thank you guys for listening and hopefully my return despite the thunderstorms and computer issues we've been having for the first episode made it worth it for all of you because uh i am i'm happy to be back i'm happy to be back in my recording area and if you guys are interested make sure to share the podcast where the podcast is on almost all uh major platforms we have a website where I posted all of my E3 impressions at highsensitivitygaming.com. We have a Twitch that now that I'm back, <laughs> I should be able to, I'll be able to Twitch a decent amount. Uh, yeah, Twitch stuff or stream a decent amount more. And just look forward to all the stuff that's coming. Uh, I feel refreshed after that week break that this podcast has mm-hmm. taken and the two weeks that I had to not have to record and just edit. So I'm feeling refreshed and I'm excited for the stuff I'm going to be bringing out later. Yeah. All right. With that, see you guys next time. See you later.